Thanks for listening to the Underdog Podcast presented by the Riley Decker Companies. Please do us a favor and help us change and improve lives by subscribing and giving us a rating on the platform of your choice. Thank you. All right, well, we have a special guest today. I want to welcome Tom Brenneman. Tom, welcome to uh, the Underdog Podcast. Great to be with you, Kyle. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. Really appreciate uh, the friendship and partnership over the last year or so since we met, and it's been really good to get to know you, so can't wait to have you share your journey and your story here today. And as I told you, season three of the Underdog Podcast has been one of, uh, for myself, to be vulnerable, open. How can I uh, share my story and other stories to help inspire, you know, positive change? And, and I thought you were a great fit for us. You know, an event happened with you, and I think it's well publicized. And and you know, you've owned that event. You know, we've had a lot of personal conversations and things, and and now you're off the bench and on the way back to uh, doing great things. You've been doing good things, and I uh, just wanted to share your story. So maybe we start off kind of with the event and um, you know how you've learned from it you know, the different things and your response and, and what you're doing now? Well, I mean, it was clearly uh, ignorant, terrible, bad. Uh, there, you know, pick whatever word you want to use and it would be an accurate word in that same vein. And uh, said flippantly, should, should not have used it flippantly, uh, but I did. And I, I'm the one who's had to, uh, you know, suffer the con- consequences from it. And, and I earned them. So, you know, there's nobody to blame uh, except for myself. Um, I was extremely fortunate and blessed that as, as soon as it happened back in, in August of 2020, Kyle, that, that there were a number of people that, you know, one would assume right off the bat that I offended the most with the word that I used. It was an LGBTQ slur, uh, a homophobic slur, and... Um, and they reached out to me right away um, to, you know, it, it came in different forms. Let's put it that way. Uh, Billy Bean, not the Billy Bean, the general manager of the Oakland A's, but Billy Bean, who is uh, a gay man, was a baseball player. Uh, he's a right hand of Ma- uh, Rob Manford, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, works in the MLB offices. Uh, for inclusion and equity and all those kinds of things that we've come uh, quite familiar with uh, in society in general over the last couple of years, especially. Um, uh, and, and then it came in the form of, of a guy out in California named Sid Ziegler, who owns the largest uh, athletic gay website in the world, primarily for collegiate athletes and Olympic athletes. It's called outsports.com. Uh, he wrote a column uh, that suggested that, you know, what I said was terrible, but I should not be fired from my job and that there was uh, learning that could take place here and growth that could take place here. And so there were a number of people in different ways and in different venues that I immediately was able to come into contact with. And I'm so grateful for those people um, for not just sort of Xing me out or any human being out, just not me. Uh, everyone makes mistakes. I made a terrible, I don't even call it mistake. It was just ignorance. Um, and, and I began a process of where I had the opportunity to be invited, uh, Ryan Messer, who's one of the, uh, leading LGBTQ voices in greater Cincinnati invited me to his home with about 12 or 15 other gay men and women from around the entire region, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, Columbus, Louisville, Lexington, et cetera. 
and just to listen and for them to share with me what that word that I used means to them and how it's affected them in their lives. And there was one very poignant moment, a young man named Dan Davidson, who's the head of PFLAG, which is an organization, a national organization, which is basically designed to uh, help people who all of a sudden um, they learn that their child is gay or that their mother or father or brother or sister or relative or friend is gay and, and puts them in a community of people who have been through that experience. Um, and so he's the head of that chapter of PFLAG in Cincinnati. And he shared with me a story that when he was living in Seattle, he was going to a drag party. And he was dressed up as a woman, he was walking down the street in Seattle, and there was a crosswalk. And so two or three lanes of traffic, they all stopped to allow him to go across the street. He walks across the street, goes through the first lane, second lane, third lane. All of a sudden, this guy guns it, runs him over, uh, literally breaks virtually every bone almost in his body, knocks every one of his teeth out, shatters his jaw, his face, all the bones when he got slammed into the, into the concrete. And he's lying there on the ground with, with, with his teeth and blood and, and everywhere. And the person who ran him over gets out of the car and walks up to him and calls him the name, the word that I used, and then spit on him. Got back in his car, drove around him, and off he went. Um, and when you hear something like that, you're like, whoa. Um, and if that doesn't move you to start to examine yourself and, and look in the mirror and, and to, to try and uh, look for ways of, of change, then I don't know what would. And that really started the whole ball rolling for multiple different uh, events and things that I've tried to do, if there is such a thing, to right my wrong. I don't know if there is such a thing. For some, there is. For others, there may not be uh, forgiveness for, for what I said ever. And that's something that I have to live with and my family has to live with. But it's been an incredible journey over the last two years and in so many ways, not necessarily professionally speaking, but personally speaking, it, it's, been, it's been a great thing for me as a human being and as a man. Yeah, that was actually one of my questions. <clears throat> I don't think you and I have talked about was, do you feel like Tom Brenneman's a better man? And I think you just kind of said that, um, that this event happened, that you had said that. And, you know, um, you know, maybe that point in your life, it happened for a reason. And, yep. um, you know, that, you know, can you kind of expand upon that? You know, it sounds like, you know, obviously that story is is definitely hate to hear that. And, and it does put things in perspective. Right. And, and sometimes, like you said, the lenses of all of us are different and, and different sensitivities to different things. But definitely when you hear that story for me, I was like, wow, um, the hatred, which we see in different areas of, of life is, is out there. But, you know, do you feel in any other aspects, are you a better father, husband, you know, friend, do you feel like that you're just a better person since this event? I like to think so, Kyle. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, I feel like I am, uh, I definitely believe in something you referred to there, that everything happens for a reason. Your faith tells you that. I very much believe that. I, I, I think that, you know, being humbled, uh, and Lord knows that I have been humbled um, on, on multiple levels, not just professionally, and that I, you know, the next day I basically lost um, two great jobs that I held for a long time with Fox Sports for 25 years and, and with the Reds for the last 
whatever it was, 12, 14 years. Um, you know, there were companies out there that I embarrassed that, that, that I was a spokesperson for, whether it was Kroger or whoever it might be that, that said, Hey, you know, th th this is, uh, we don't want this guy to, to, to be representing our brand and our company and those kinds of things <clears throat> anymore. And so, you know, and then it snowballs into your, your personal life. And, and I think there are a lot of people, and this isn't an excuse in any form or fashion, because um, it's not, but, but, it's, it, but it's the truth. I think there are a lot of people that are of my generation that are men in their late 50s that grew up using that word like it didn't mean anything. Um, and no doubt using it even, you know, 30, 40 years ago, 40 years ago, um, there were people out there that you were hurting that, that maybe had not come out and, and that were, were made to, to feel uh, any number of feelings. Um, and, and, and so while it was not a word that I, I certainly use with, you know, on any semi or remotely semi uh, regular basis, even back then, certainly not in recent years, but um, you know, it, it, it just, it, 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 it changes you on so many levels. Uh, you know, you, your, your family's humiliated. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm, I embarrassed my wife and our children at the time were both in high school. Um, and, you know, right after it happened, my daughter, who I think was a junior or a senior in high school at the time, um, there, you know, like a lot of uh, high schools these days, colleges, what have you, they have um, LGBTQ groups inside of the school uh, in more recent years. And my, my sister, uh, my, my sister, my daughter was a, a friend to everyone in the school. She just that kind of person, you know, she, she could bounce from different friend groups as the kids like to say these days. Um, and, you know, she showed me a, a text that she received from a girl who was her age, uh, junior or senior in high school, who is gay and had written my daughter uh, a text and it said, hey, look, uh, I don't like what your dad said. I don't like it at all. Uh, but I like you because you've always treated me uh, with incredible respect and, and passion and compassion and all those kinds of things. And, okay, so now that starts. You know, my son is a, uh, uh, a very well-known high school athlete here in town, one of the, the better players in lacrosse in, um, in the state of Ohio. And, um, you know, when, when he would start playing in games, um, you know, there'd be students in the student section that are, um, you know, chanting things at him based on something his dad did. He didn't have anything to do with it. And, and, and no 15 or 16 year old kid should have to deal with something like that because of what their parents did. And so, you know, he'd come back from a game and he'd say, hey, did you hear the, the, the student section from fill in the blank? And I'd be like, yeah, I, I heard it. And, uh, and I know you heard it, obviously. Um, and so, you know, there was, there was a lot of growing up for all of us to have to find a way to navigate our way through this thing. And we continue to do that each and every day now because he's still in high school and still playing and it still goes on. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the transparency because I think the main, you know, the underdog is an adverse moment that you overcome, in my opinion, to, to have success in different ways, right? This is a different light. And I think you're, you're sharing that vulnerability. So someone that went through that might've you know, whether it's something said or done, what are the recommendations, Tom, it, you know, this is 
you're, you're, you've obviously done a lot of different things since then. Anything else you would recommend to someone of like, is it take it, you know, to press pause, right? Evaluate. And then you put a plan together, maybe someone that's in the same shoes as you were at this single moment, anything else you could recommend to them? Well, look, Kyle, I, I think, and you know this, I, I think the hardest thing initially for me was you have to own it. And as time goes by, if there is one thing that I would say to someone is when you've made a terrible mistake, whatever, it might be with your kids, it might be in your marriage, it might be in your job or your career or any number or all of those things. Um, you have to own it and you have to say, I'm the one who did it. I'm the one who uh, has to live with the repercussions of it. I'm the one who, if I deeply care about what I did, um, has to try and 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 change and, and and look for ways to change. And you're lucky, as I was. You're fortunate if you have people uh, out there that you hurt the most that are willing to allow you to listen, allow you uh, a second chance, a third chance, a tenth chance, whatever it might be. Um, because in this world we live in right now, there are a lot of people out there um, that apparently have never made a mistake in their lives because they are quick to judge, uh, rare to forgive, uh, and rare to give a second or third or tenth chance out there. Um, so, you know, if there's any advice is you got to own it. And if you really do care about it, because look, there, there are some mistakes that people make um, and they just it's in their conscience or it's in their belief system or it's in their value system or whatever it might be where they don't think they did anything wrong. And more times than not, they're they're fooling themselves, but not always. But. But more times than not, they're fooling themselves. So they're not looking in the mirror and they're not saying, okay, uh, this happened. I own it. What am I going to do about it? The easiest thing in the world for me would have been to just, you know, shut everything down, crawl into a hole. I've made a great living. Uh, you know, don't need to worry about kind of putting yourself back out there again. Uh, I was extremely grateful to Chatterbox Sports, which you're intimately familiar with, for giving the, me the chance and giving me a chance to come back and do some things that I love to do. So um, you got to keep on pushing, and, and hopefully you can make some kind of impact on somebody else like you're doing with your show on trying to help somebody else who, who may not know what to do next, and they think their life is ruined, and they think that tomorrow the sun's not going to come up. Tomorrow the sun is going to come up. Yep. It's going to come up. What kind of person are you going to be when it does come up tomorrow? Exactly. And I'll tell firsthand is when we, you know, when we got together and, you know, I've learned so much, you know, about uh, racial inequality in the last couple of years, right. You know, through COVID racial inequality, you know, even with us diversity inclusion, right. Like the conversations, I think if, if you use these opportunities to learn, educate, and then, you know, hopefully inspire positive change. I think it's a really, really 
you know, great opportunity to do so. And I, and I thank you that you're open. And even in our conversations, I've learned so much through you that's made me a better leader to be more aware, sensitive to those around, whether it's in the company and life and different things. So I think it's like you said, how do you take an event? And I know you're, you're moving forward and uh, which now I think you're the most favorite person at Chatterbox. So I've been replaced <laughs> on, on on the ranking. I don't know about that. You might <laughs> want to talk to our producers, Brandon Sayle and Casey McAllister, about that. I'm not McAllister about that. I'm not so sure about that. Oh yeah, they used to call me, and now nowadays it's like, oh, this chatterbox. It's Tom. Tom. No, just kidding. Um, but you're doing a great job. Can you kind of talk about just recently launched your show off the off the bench by Tom Brenneman? And uh, man, it's I, I watch I watch it when I can uh, throughout the day, and then obviously watch a lot of the on Twitter you know, all the different social medias, YouTube. Can you kind of touch upon off the bench and what you guys are doing? Cause I tell you what, it, it, I love it so far and it's pretty electric to watch. Well, thank you. And thank you for the kind words um, uh, at the beginning of all that. Um, yeah. I mean, we're really, really excited, you know, as you know, because you were, you were there right from the beginning chatterbox sports started uh, for those that don't know as basically um, uh, a company that that produced and did the best job I've ever seen of producing high school football games. And we know how exceptionally popular high school football is here in greater Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky and, and, and in Indiana and so forth. And, and then unlike most businesses out there during COVID, when everybody else was, was just trying to scratch and claw to stay afloat, it was a time for Chatterbox to for, for the grandmother and grandfather or uh, the mom and dad or for the fellow students as we continue to play football in Ohio for them to watch their kid or grandkid or school team or whatever it might be. And so, you know, the business thrived. And, and now as we move forward, we're, we're looking for other ways to try and create more content. And so we have any number of shows that have been launched or are getting ready to launch one on mental health. It's going to be ha uh, ha uh, handled by and hosted by Brandon Seho, Paul Fritchner, uh, is hosting a show that starts this week that has to do with uh, gambling and point spreads and all that kind of thing. And then my show is more like a just a regular old-fashioned sports sports talk show um, with video. So we stream every day from 10 to 12 on YouTube. Just go to YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports. Uh, we stream every day on Facebook. We will be on Instagram here pretty soon or on uh, Twitter here pretty soon. And um, you know, I'm I'm lucky in in that regard that that one Chatterbox wanted to take the chance to do the show. We built a beautiful brand new studio in downtown Hamilton, which is just spectacular to do the show. All the equipment, state of the art, and so forth. And thankfully, because of uh, for no other reason, my Rolodex uh, has been pretty good from from all, all kinds of people I've had a chance to meet and work for and work with. That we really get good guests on the show. So, like you know, talking about the NFL every week, Brian Billick. My old partner with Fox, former Super Bowl winning head coach with the Ravens. He's there for that. You know, we've been lucky in that uh, James Rapine, who covers the Bengals for Sports Illustrated, he comes on every week. Paul Doherty, uh, just retired as a columnist for the Cincinnati Enquirer, uh, is able to lend his thoughts about what's going on in the Cincinnati sports scene. So, you know, a lot local stuff um, sprinkled in with, with uh, a national perspective on some things. Um, we had Anthony Munoz for an extended interview Last week, uh, we have uh, Sean Casey coming up tomorrow. We have Chris Collinsworth on the next week, Barry Alvarez the week after that. So to try to, you know, get a big picture of some of the things that are going on in college football, pro football, major league baseball, whatever it might be. 
I love it. I love it. I was trying to uh, on uh, Chatterbox Pickums. I don't know if you saw, but I wore a dog chain for my Cleveland yes, Browns. Yes, I, I did. Born and born and raised, cool. hard to be, but my dad is a diehard Browns fan. I'm still a season ticket holder up there. Only go to about one game a year. But uh, you're one to know for the first time <laughs> since 2004. I know. It was like it was like since Twitter had been created. I think 2006. Um, man, I was looking back because I'm 36, about to be 37. 2004, I was a freshman at Miami University in Oxford, Ohio. Uh, it's been a long time. It's a yep. long, long time. And we've it is. we've experienced a lot of uh, trials and tribulations up in the land for from a football perspective. But uh, I was trying to get Trace. I said, hey, what about – there's two teams in Ohio here. What about some Browns coverage? What do we got? You know, So I'm buying. Well, you know, it's interesting you bring that up because one of the people that I got to know uh, – through the years, because, you know, at Fox, we primarily did the NFC, but but on the rare occasions when the NFC would go to an AFC city, Fox would do that game. And so I've done a number of Browns games through the year. And um, Mary Kay Chabot, who does, you know, the, she, she, she's like one of the top two or three sports writers in the country for, for the NFL and pro football there uh, at Cleveland.com. And I just reached out to her the other day because I'm with you. I, I feel like that in the division – and there's so many people like you that, that, that live down here that are Browns fans in some form or fashion, especially in the Dayton area. There are a ton of Cleveland fans there um, that, that are watching our show. And so uh, I'm hoping, knock on wood, that she'll be uh, be joining us on a regular basis because there's a lot to talk about inside that AFC Central and a lot to talk about with the Browns, uh, especially during this offseason, everything going on right now. Yeah, and, and the Guardians are uh, in the playoff chase, so yep. I, I don't. We'll see what there, and the Cavs are coming around. So anyway, not not, not I'll be done to get off my Cleveland high horse here, but uh, nonetheless, um, yeah, you know I'm really excited, Tom, for off the bench and uh, everything you're doing there with the team. Very thankful for that. Um, Thank you. As far as you know, anything else? You know, um, I know you're very open there. Anything else from? You know what's next for Tom outside of off the bench. You know anything moving forward? I know you're you're pretty laser focused. I I will say this: I loved the first game that you did for Chatterbox. It was at in Harrison, Ohio. I've yeah. told a couple people this, and uh, you showed up with a towel. Your partner Tony Pike did not. Obviously, you were prepared for a hot press box. It's probably been a while since you stepped into in a high school yeah. uh, press box, but I'll been never forget. I was in in the press box with you guys watching that first game. And man, it was hotter than all could be. I think it was like 90 plus degrees and you're sweating in there. And I remember Tony looking at you said, man, you're, you're a crafty veteran here, Tom, because you brought a towel and I did it. He was, you guys were sweating a storm up there. Boy, that sun was setting in Harrison's (laughs) field and what an incredible complex they built out there in the Harrison high school, the whole school district. Mm-hmm. But that stadium is one of the that the, the face east and west, and the, the the press box is on the east side. So you're right. Not only was it ten thousand degrees uh, there in August, but the entire um, first three quarters of the game, that sun is just staring you right in the face, uh, just beating on you. So yeah, it, it was warm up there, but it was fun. I think C.J. Hester went off for about eight thousand yards, and here he is two years later, still going strong. Yeah, and you also said uh, something I haven't really thought about, but it makes sense. Is these high schools? They don't. A lot of them don't have their names on the back, and it's yeah. hard to see the numbers, you know, from there and without spotters and different things. And it was like, you're like, this is harder than doing NFL games or some of the others. You don't yeah. know what numbers out there. You got the sun yeah. in your eyes. You got a million numbers. Some people were in the wrong numbers. <laughs> it was like yeah. 
this is actually a, quite a bit of a challenge here. Well, it was. It was. It, it's, and it just goes to show you how spoiled you get. You know, I mean, you really do. I, you know, when you're doing an NFL game, you get sent information that'll that'll land on your front doorstep via you know overnight mail, and and it gets there. And, you know, on Tuesday morning and, and and you're able to dig through piles of stuff this high and some of it you throw away, some of it you use it, most of it you don't use it once the game actually gets started. But it's certainly not from a lack of information. And I remember uh, that game specifically because um, I was so excited to get a chance to do it again. And I had driven over to Wyoming High School um, to talk to the coach uh, about his team and just kind of, you know, get a feel for their team and get the rosters and all that kind of thing. And, and uh, you know, I can honestly say through all the, the years and the people I've had a chance to meet and be around and the cool moments that I've had a chance to be around for a long, long time. Um, one of the coolest moments is when I went out there and um, they get done with practice and we walk into the coach's office and the head coach is there, and about four or five of his assistant coaches are there. And, and one, of, one of the assistants looks at me, and he says, man, I cannot believe that you're in here broadcasting one of our games. I just watched you do the NFL a year ago. He said, and here you are doing the Wyoming Cowboys. Now, for some people, you would take that the wrong way. For me, I was just like, man, this is one of the coolest moments of my entire life. Just to, I was grateful for those guys just giving me the time to learn a bit, a little bit more about their team and help me try to get ready to do my job. That was that was an awesome moment that I will never forget as long as I live. And it was like that the rest of the high school football season. To be honest with you, it was great. Yeah, no, I I felt the gratitude and like you said, it, it was um, it was fun to watch you. To be honest, to watch you from afar, I never knew you. Then to get to meet you, and then you to have that excitement. Like you said, you've been at the highest level in, in those atmospheres and those NFL and MLB and all the different arenas that you've been in. And then to see your excitement for that Wyoming Harrison game, the gratitude uh, for you to you put that headset back on. I, I was definitely excited for you and, and glad to be part of that that, uh, you know, that that off the bench, you know, opportunity there. And, and now what you're doing now. And I think for me, Tom, I'm, I mean, that's why I wanted to work with you is because I'm far from perfect individual. I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. And, uh, I was one of those that say, Hey, learn from it and you move on. And I, I have a million of them, you know, like you said, yeah, it's, we all do, we all do. And, and, and just mine wasn't publicized. Right. Yeah. And, um, I'm being open and saying, Hey, I, I I've done wrong. I've said wrong. I've done wrong, you know, but what do you do moving forward? Like you said, as you own it, I think that's the takeaway. I call them knowledge nuggets. You, you own it become self-aware, you humble yourself and you, you know, learn about it and, and you make positive change. Yeah. And I think you shared that. And you know, it, it's interesting, Kyle, because, you know, when, 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 um, one of the guys in a, and golly day, I can't remember, um, who, who it was specifically. And I, and, and it'll come to me in a little while after I'm sure we, we're finished on the show, but you know, one of the men, a gay, a gay man said to me, he said, look, when you're thinking about what kind of change you can make, um, he said, nobody in this room is expecting you to be the champion for gay rights or the champion for LGBTQ. If you feel that in your heart, that's awesome. But 
all we're asking or, or, or any of us would want to see, not just from Tom Brenneman, but from anybody else out there that may have said the same kind of thing that I said, is that you try to show that you can be kind to each other and respectful to each other and empathetic to each other and sympathetic to each other and compassionate to other people that are different than you are in, in, in whether it's race, whether it's gender, whether, whether it's uh, sexual uh, preference, you know, whatever it might be, is that there doesn't have to be this, oh, that person's gay. So, you know, I'm never going to have anything to do with them in my life. That person's black. I'm not going to have those kinds of things is, is just, just, and it sounds corny, but it's true. Just be kind and, and empathetic of the position that that might person, you can never walk in another person's shoes, but you can try. And, and it certainly will change your perspective. Yeah. I think I saw Ernie Johnson tweet something yesterday, you know, he wearing a shirt, just be a better human, you know, and right. love right. each other and, and always find, you know, we're all learning leaders. You know, I think that's one thing you can, we can all take away, right. Is, is we've all sinned or done some, some things we wish we, you know, yep. would have done me included. And, what do you do moving forward? Like you said, how do you be a better human? And like you said, owning it and you know, really appreciate that and in the in the vulnerability, the transparency uh, into the situation. And, and more importantly, what do you do moving forward? Because there's a lot of people. It just might not be publicized. You're like you said, that wife or husband might be going through something that, yeah. you know, at school, high school student might be listening to this. A coach might be listening to this, said something they wish they wouldn't have said at a practice or during a game. I mean, that happens a lot. Um, a teacher might say something, right? Like there's a lot of things that happen on a daily basis um, that, you know, we got to own as individuals and be better human beings. And then, you know, that's how we all get better because everyone wants to say, all right, well, you know, let's put Tom away over here and never talk to him. Well, that doesn't do anything, right? Like, well, you know, Kyle, it's interesting you say that because, you know, you, the, the one thing you also learn through this whole thing is you learn that that's a two-way street. And, and what I mean by this, and I've got to be very careful with, with how I, I say this, because I don't want to say what the organization is. But, you know, for example, just recently, I had a group that is doing a lot of good things in trying to keep people from taking their own lives. And this organization, which is a national organization, has come to find that in, in recent years, White men, 25 to 65, are the fastest growing group of people that are trying to take their own lives, okay? And this organization thought that, yeah, they can go in, um, you know, they'll do work in schools to try to keep kids from taking their own lives, trying to help them through very difficult situations. But as it pertains specifically to white men, 25 to 65, they thought just based on my sports background and, and all kinds of different things that I might be able to help their organization reach some of those men, whether it's in a manufacturing plant, whether it's in an office building, whatever it might be. Okay. So they were giving serious consideration to asking me to be a spokesperson for them. Once that became I'm not going to say common knowledge because it's not, but, but, but once that, that started to leak out to different places around a certain city, 
where this this company is based out of this this nonprofit is based out of um, an LGBTQ group. Now it's only one person, so I don't I, I don't want to say the entire group. This person who represents that group basically said to this organization, "If you bring that guy on board, we're going to try to do everything we can to ruin your organization." Now, look. I've said a thousand times, I'll never know the pain that I've caused to every single person who is gay or has a a family member, a son, a daughter, whatever, uh, that I hurt. I'll never know all of that pain. And there there are many of them out there. But when I say it's a two-way street, you know, there has to be a point in time where you know, you step back and you say, oh, wait a minute now, for the greater good, like you're referring to, right? For being a better person, to try and make it a better world and all those kinds of things. If there's someone out there that 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 can help someone from taking their own lives, yet you're putting your, in this case, agenda, right, ahead of that happening, um, that's eye-opening. It's eye-opening, and all you can do is, is is hope and pray that that maybe you know the light comes on, and they say to themselves, "Okay, we, we don't like this guy. Uh, we don't like what he said. We're never going to like what he said. We're never going to be in favor of him necessarily announcing a sporting event ever again for the rest of his life." Okay, but as it pertains to this one thing, maybe we reconsider. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, and hopefully, you know that that works itself out. But yeah, that's. Like you said, we're just trying to make the place. That's right. You know, we're, we're let's make this all together and and put away. You know, like you said, forgiveness is is a big thing, and especially when you own it. Like you said, it's I think it's one thing, and I've personally spent hours with you um, talking about this. Is it's genuine, right? Like you said, some people don't really own it, and and you can yeah. tell that. And I think you've and you've your actions speak louder than words. So, you know, I really hope that people like that person um, looks deeper, like you said, and puts things aside. And how do we save lives no matter what, right? It doesn't matter. That's right. That's right. Let's, let's, let's just, let's just save lives and, and, and change lives and make things better because we need more of that, right? We need positive yep. change. And, and I hope that all works itself out. But uh, Tom, man, I, I, I really appreciate your time and being vulnerable with our audience and our platform. And I think, um, speaking on behalf of, of our audience, I think they'll really appreciate this podcast and, and learn from it and lots of great knowledge nuggets, a lot of opportunity to uh, learn and, and, and get better as a person and be a better human and, and uh, thankful for our relationship. And, and I believe the best is ahead for you and, and for us as an organization. So really appreciate it. Absolutely, my friend. All the best to you, Kyle. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. All right, buddy. Be well. Thanks for listening to The Underdog Podcast. Please subscribe and rate our podcast on the Apple and Google Podcast apps. Leave a five-star rating and send our Twitter handle a screenshot of your rating at Underdog Pod with your shirt size for a chance to win a free t-shirt. See you next week on the UDP.